Welcome to Weekdays with Jesus. Our song at the end of today's podcast is from singer-songwriter Hayden Lucas, who is a doctoral student at Concordia Seminary, St. Louis. Hayden has an upcoming album with 1517. But first, our message from Pastor John David Mull. And I think he finally found a way to get inside. I've been thinking about legacy lately. I think it's partly because of funerals. You know, we, we had two this week, and it starts to stack up. Uh, yesterday, I led a funeral right here in this room for a 12-year-old girl. And uh, later in the day, a family member asked me, how do you do that? How do you hold it together? And I, I was like, barely. You know? Um, Jonah got a long hug yesterday and didn't know why. But it makes you think about legacy. And it was making me think about that as the text was being read today, and I need you to know this wasn't part of the sermon at all, but it may be all of it now. Um, Second Timothy is all about legacy. What are you leaving behind? Because remember where Paul is when he's writing this text. He's down in a dungeon. This may be the last thing that he writes, and he is about to go and face the execution. And he's writing to Timothy. Timothy is his son in the faith. He calls him my child because Timothy was discipled by Paul. And Paul is writing these last words to encourage him. And where we are now is getting right to the end of this letter. And I believe as Paul is writing it, it is close. Like you can hear the executioner sharpening the blade. And he writes to Timothy. And he writes to him about leaving a legacy. And the legacy he talks to him about is God's Word. He says, All Scripture is breathed out by God, Timothy. It is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete Equipped for every good work. What do you need in this world, Timothy? What do you need to make it through? You need God. And you need life provided by God. You need this compound word that Paul makes that appears nowhere else in the Bible. These two words are in there. The, the theos that you see at the beginning and, and, and the pneumos that comes out, these are two words, right? Theos, things of God, new, right? This pneumos, the things of the spirit, of breath, of life. And he puts them to those two words together and he gives us that all scripture, how much of scripture? All, that's important for us to pay attention to. All of it is God breathed, breathed out by God himself to us. And it makes me think, what kind of legacy am I leaving? And I'm talking about my words to my kids, my words to you, my words to the people who were gathered in this room yesterday, and it was full in here. 
And a bunch of those people are people who don't generally come to church. And what they got to hear is that this young girl before them, the Spirit had worked faith in her heart. And they need not grieve for her because she is with her Savior, and she is. They should grieve because of their loss, but don't grieve for her as Christ has overcome. He overcame her sin, and he overcame her death, and she is with him now. And all of us know people who have gone before us. And it does make me think, what kind of legacy did they leave and what kind of legacy am I leaving? Just before this, I was teaching confirmation in the other room and we were talking about the third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Are we leaving that legacy to our kids? God has called us not to rest from work, but to work from rest. That is God's word speaking into our hearts, our minds, and our lives. Are my kids seeing that from me? Are they seeing from me? Me putting God and his word first. Are they seeing from me that we plan rest together daily and weekly and monthly and quarterly and yearly and all of that rest centered in the love of God? Or are they seeing me work and work and work? Before I went to seminary as a youth minister, uh, I think I worked 60 to 70 hours a week. I think I was in that church building, this big old church building down in Houston, a lot. And I was praised for it. But I wasn't leaving the right legacy. I was showing a bunch of high school kids that they ought to work 60 and 70 hours a week. I was neglecting my wife and my little son. It wasn't the legacy God was calling me to leave. Was I in God's Word? Yes, but I was in God's Word just to deliver it to other people, not to have it soak up and breathe life into me. And this Word is God-breathed. All of it. And are we living in it? Are we sharing it with our family? Are we giving it to our kids and to our grandchildren? Are we showing them that it is more important than the things of this world? Or are we chasing after the things of this world? If I sit down with your kids or your kids to come or your grandchildren and I ask them about you, and what does your life show them? Are they going to say, it shows me that God's Word brings me life and hope, that His Word is the answer, that His Word that tells me that Jesus Christ has come into this world and lived the life that I don't suffered and died the death I deserve, rose from the grave and proclaims victory over my sin. Am I showing them that? Is that what they would say? Or would they talk about 
boy, he really loves the cowboys. Let me clear one thing up for you real quick. I've had a lot of people asking me about how I felt about the Texas-Iowa State game yesterday. Sad. I can't stand the University of Texas. So I'll get that across right now. I was cheering for Iowa State hardcore. All right, I'm a Texas Tech guy. I don't like those Texas people. But is that what they would say? That that's what he gave to me? A love for a team? Or God's word? As we send our kids off to college, are they invested in this word? Is that the legacy that we have left to them? Or is it just about getting good grades to get a good job, to get good money, so that I don't have to live in a sorry nursing home one day? What are we leaving these kids? Are we telling them that God's word is truth? That it's where we go to find the answer and then we figure out the world? Or are we leaving them to figure it out on their own? Are we investing in our spouse? Are we investing God's word in our spouse? Are we living in it together? It is the breath of God, the creator of all things. Or are we losing our way? Are we starting to be these people that Paul told us would come? For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Am I setting them up for that? I feel like sometimes we're doing that because we're so focused on our jobs and money and creating comfort for us in this world that we are missing investing God's word into them. And then we pretty soon end up with churches that are like Baskin Robbins where we treat God's word like 31 flavors where I get to pick the ones I like and leave out the things I don't. Church after church after church is living here now. Did you know that? I talked to you about this a few weeks ago. I, I loved Baskin-Robbins as a kid. If we had a really good game, you know, if I, I played really well in my soccer game and afterwards, what do you want to do? I want to go to Baskin-Robbins. Why? Because there are 31 flavors. And I can pick whatever I want. And you go and look at all of them, all these crazy colors. And I've told you before that I'm a wild man. And I would go and I wouldn't choose vanilla. Boring. I chose French vanilla. <laughs> right, because that's exciting. 
But that's what we're doing with God's word. And I believe by not investing it in our kids and in our spouse and in our parents and in all these people, we are creating Baskin Robbins Christians where we're saying to them, you can pick and choose the stuff you want out of it. No, this is the living, breathing word of God. It gives you life. Which part of it? All of it. And it's for you. It's for your kids. And it points you to the cross, and it points you to hope, and it points you to eternity. And it lets me stand before a congregation full of people with a little girl laying in front of them, her body there, and let them know it's just her body. She's with our Savior, and she is looking forward to the resurrection of the dead. Jesus is coming back, and he will make all things new. But between here and there, we have the living, breathing Word of God. All of it. All of it is breathed out by God. All of it is meant to change us for eternity. All of it is meant to guide us through this life. All of it is to draw us back onto our knees at the cross of Christ to ask for forgiveness because I've fallen short again. But thank God His Word says, but I sent my Son for that too and He has overcome for you. Leave a legacy. Leave a legacy of hope and grace and peace. Leave the legacy that is God's life-giving Word. Show your wife and your husband and your kids and your grandchildren and your aunts and your uncles and your neighbors what it is to be invested in the only thing that gives life. All the rest of it's just stuff. Might make me feel good for a little while, but it won't bring me life. God's word does. It gives you life and it reminds you that you're forgiven and set free from the things of this world. It's the life-giving word of God and there is nothing more important. I have put so many things before him in my life. I have put sports before them. I've put accolades before them. I've put chasing after things before him. I have put ministry before my God. That's hard to do. Did you know that? But I've done it. And I know a lot of ministers who've done it. And then there's that. Well, there's even this, the building. Next week, we're going we're gonna to gather and we're going to talk about the renovations we want to do to this place that we feel like God's calling us to do. And it's important. It means something. But it's still just a building. You know that, right? We are the church, not this building. This is a great place to come together and receive God's word. And it's time to update it. We need to do that. We need to change the place and make it better for ministry going forward for years to come. But it's just a building. God's word is what we need and the hope that he can bring is what we need. And I think what's going on out there is he's working on the building right now, not realizing that that's banging right through the wall. 
It's not a woodpecker. But God overcomes, and He is here for us, and He is with you, and He is with your kids, and He is ready to work through you to share the love of Christ and the hope that only He can bring. It's time for us to leave a legacy. I don't care if you are two years old or 82 years old, there is still a legacy to be left. And the legacy that God is calling us to leave is the legacy that Paul was talking to Timothy about. The legacy that, you know why Paul was comfortable going to the cross, going to have his head taken off? He wasn't worried. I believe it's right here in our text. He left a legacy. He made a disciple in Timothy who's going to continue on sharing the life-breathing, life-giving Word of God in this world. And so Paul went happily. Take the head off. That sends me to be with Christ. This is good. And I have left a legacy of the love of God in this world. And I tell you, that's our call as followers of Christ, to share His love. The life-giving Word of God. We're going to make pledges in just a little while. It is an uncomfortable day for me. You know that? I, I can't stand talking about money in church. I get really uncomfortable when I do it. My, my hands start sweating, you know, and I know there's going to be somebody who pretty soon is going to, that's all we ever talk about in that place. The reason we talk about it is because God's Word talks about it. Why? Because we really struggle with this money thing. Why? Because we put it before the life-breathing, living Word of God. And it becomes a God for us in so many ways. You might not think it is, but would your kids say it is as they watch you? As you live out your life to get more of it with the lie of saying, this is going to be better for my kids if I just work more to get more money to give it to them. No, they need you. They need your time. And they need you sharing the Word of God with them. Getting in it with them, together with them, letting them know that God loves them, that He's overcome for them. As they deal with the broken of this, of this world, pointing out for them what that's coming from. It's coming from the brokenness that so many of us feel. I sent a kid off to college and I'm praying that we left a legacy enough that he doesn't just fall away from the church. More than that, that he goes off to college and he lets people know about his God. That he invests the life-breathing Word of God into other people too. Because we've invested it in him. God is calling you to change and be different. And that even goes into our checking account. I remember growing up uh, that on the way to church from the time I was about eight years old until I started driving myself, that my job on the way to church was to get mom's checkbook out, and I wrote the check out to Grace Lutheran Church. She told me how much to write on there, and I wrote it. And then on, in church, whenever they passed the plate, I put it in, you know, and it became a thing for us. 
and it left a legacy in my life. Now, my mom didn't give nearly as much as she wanted to because her husband wouldn't let her, but she gave everything she could. And so when Stephanie and I got married, one of the things we didn't struggle with was the fact that 10% just went to God. It's not ours to begin with. And then we start dealing with the other 90% of what would God have us give away of this? And it changes those things. Do we still sometimes struggle with money? Sure. But are our big arguments about that? Generally not. Because it hasn't been the God of our life. But we've made other mistakes. Plenty of them. And today I'm wondering if we've invested God's Word in them enough. Do you know the answer to that question? Not enough. It's the only thing that gives life. The Word of God that points us to the cross of Christ and His empty tomb. It's time for us to change. It's time for us to dig into that Word ourselves to dig into it with our spouses, to dig into it with our families, to dig into it with our friends, and to start sharing it with people who desperately need it. Because the rest of the world, it's just telling them what their itching ears want to hear. What they need is Jesus. And it's in God's Word that we share it. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, We hear that word legacy, and we thank you for it, because your son left us a legacy of forgiveness and hope. He has made us your heirs, Father. We are children of the living God because of what he has done. There's no greater legacy, and we thank you for it, Lord, and we thank you for Paul through whom you gave this incredible word in here in 2 Timothy, that all of your Scripture, all Scripture is God-breathed, and we aren't to pick and choose from it, but we are to live by all of it because it gives us life. It gives us healing and hope, and it lets us know that we are children of God. And we are children of God not because of the great job we've been doing in raising our kids and our grandchildren or the great jobs we've been doing in our relationships or the great job that we've been doing in sharing your love with our neighbors. We are children of God because you love us and you have made it so. And we thank you for this gift that we don't deserve. And we ask, Lord, that you would bring us hope and healing once again because we have to confess, Lord, that we haven't been leaving the best legacy. Lord, we have been showing people that your word is not the most important thing in our lives. We have chased after the things of this world, Lord. We have chased after comforts, and we have chased after sports teams, and we have chased after new cars, and we have chased after relationships that are apart from you. We have chased after, Lord, straight up sinful things. We have dug into pornography and we have dug into false relationships and we have dug into so many things that are wrong, Lord. And we need forgiveness. But your word says that you bring us forgiveness. 
So, Lord, we boldly come to you and to your cross, and we ask for forgiveness. And if this is your confession, then say, please forgive me, Lord. Lord, change us. Invest us in your life-giving word and work through us to invest it in others. The word that says you love us. The word that says you have overcome for us. The word that says all of life is about your son Jesus. Lord, we thank you for it. Let us live in it, we pray, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. And I can tell you that our God has overcome for you, that he has done it, that every mistake that you have made, that you've confessed this day, every time you have run away from him, every time you've chased after the things of this world, every time you have downgraded his word, he still says, I love you. My son has overcome it for you. And you are forgiven. And I can tell you with complete and total confidence that in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, you are forgiven, you are made whole. And all God's people said, amen. Hi, this is Hayden Lucas. Just wanted to explain a little bit about my song, Ariel, that's being shared today. So Ariel is about uh, the city of Jerusalem, Ariel, in uh, it's based off of Isaiah, Isaiah chapters 28 and 29. And in that section of Isaiah, uh, Jerusalem, the city, is referred to as Ariel, which means it's a little uncertain, so usually the translators just transliterate it. So it's Hebrew, Ariel, is how you say the Hebrew. And uh, Ariel can mean either the hearth of God or the lion of God, but whatever the meaning of it is... Um, it, it refers to Jerusalem, and the point of it in the passage is that, you know, people of Jerusalem, you had all this wonderful stuff going on with God. You guys had a great relationship, and he did so much for you, um, and you just kind of, you know, threw it away. For what? Threw it away for a little bit of political power for a little bit of time. And so the point of the, pa the passage is that really what you're doing when you try to subvert God's rule is you're making a deal with death. And so there's this great, there's some great lines in Isaiah 28 where, you know, you're making a covenant with death um, and you're, you're making a stronghold out of lies and God is going to find a way to break that. And... You know, it's supposed to be threatening in the context of Isaiah, but I think as Christians and after having the full revelation of God in Christ, what you see is that, um, you know, when God is talking about death and saying that you, you can't hide in death, death isn't going to uh, be able to separate you from God, I think we take comfort in that fact knowing that we are redeemed by Christ. And so uh, <laughs> I don't want to turn the threats of God into, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to turn law into gospel or transmute, uh, you know, uh, clay into gold or something. But um, I think as Christians, we can take comfort in the fact that God will not let death separate us from him.
and for us it's it's we're not going to be separated from God's love and so um, I found great comfort in that and I mean Christ is the center of the scripture so I think it's a good move to make but yeah I hope you enjoy the song you couldn't hide yourself in heaven. you couldn't stretch your limbs across Procrustes bed in a deal struck with the tomb Built a stronghold out of lies And I think he finally found a way to get inside And he'll be coming home soon Oh, Ariel, oh, Ariel The city where David encamped year after year Feasts never end. Oh, Ariel, oh, Ariel, can you find your voice for the man? Although it's been fun, every circus must end. Councils of the holy God on high, but I couldn't climb the walls to see. I'm like a fly stuck on the glass of a one way mirror where my eyes are staring back, but he looks right. Hide 
hide from God what He demands. But you cannot hide from God what He demands.